From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And for this edition, joining me by phone from Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, is Father Jason Hessling, a major chaplain in the United States Army. Father Hessling, welcome. Thank you. And uh, Father, I should uh, extend congratulations. You, uh, on uh, uh, April 9th, 2021, uh, was honored, you were honored with the uh, Order of Martin of Tours Award there at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Congratulations. Thank you. It's, uh, it's a great pleasure and an honor to receive that. And I should uh, add that uh, according to a memorandum from the Office of the Chief of Chaplains, the Honorable Order of Martin de Tours is awarded to those chaplains and religious affairs specialists who have demonstrated the highest standards of integrity and moral character, displayed an outstanding degree of professional competence, selflessly served soldiers and families, and contributed to the promotion of the Army chaplaincy. And this is quite an honor, sir. How do you feel about winning this award? Um, I've been trying to downplay this as much as I can, but, you know, it is... I, I recognize the gravity of receiving that award. It's, um, uh, it is a, a huge honor uh, to be selected for this. Um, as you said, it's, uh, it's, it's there to, uh, to, recognize, to recognize, you know, someone that's made significant contributions to the Chaplain Corps. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out what I did to deserve this, but um, uh, I'm, ap- I'm, I'm very happy to receive it. And I should point out, our listener knows, I'm sure, but St. Martin of Tours is a, a Catholic saint and uh, who lived uh, back in the 4th century or so thereabouts. Right, out of, uh, in Gaul um, area, which is uh, France. And St. Martin of Tours is actually where we get the name Chaplain. Um, he, if, if you remember his, uh, the legend of his story, um, he was uh, coming into the city. He saw a beggar at the side of the road on a cold winter day. Um, he had nothing to give the beggar, and so he took his military cloak, uh, cut it in half, and gave one half to the beggar and kept the other half for himself. That's that's a big deal because that military cloak, you know, that's that's what keeps him warm. That's um, uh, it's a big deal for for a soldier to give something like that up. Um, later that night, uh, Saint Martin had a vision of. Uh, of Christ wrapped in the, the cloak that he gave to the beggar um, and uh, it was you know in that moment that he realized who Christ was you know coming from uh, from scripture when I take care of uh, the least of my brothers and sisters uh, what I've done for them I've done for Christ um, and what an example and the the word uh, I believe in Latin was capella for the cape, right? That he gave. It is. Yep. And his Saint Martin's cape became a an object of uh, veneration. It was um, uh, it was called the capella. It was placed in uh, buildings um, that were called uh, were later called chapels, and the priests and the monks that took care of the cape that you know safeguarded it. 
they were called chaplains. Wow, interesting story. So that's how we get the the term chaplain. It is, yeah. Yeah, it all goes back to St. Martin of Tours and uh, an act of service and charity. Now, you say that it was uh, outside uh, the city. Uh, was that, what What city was that? Rome, Paris? Uh, do we know? Um, actually, I don't know. Off but the top he was, of my head, I would have to look that sure, up. Sure, but he was coming uh, in. It was in. It was in France. And it was he, in Gaul. And he was coming into the city and encountered this beggar and, and gave the beggar the, half of his, uh, his cape. What a yeah. story. And uh, he dedicated the rest of his life to the Lord, as I understand it. He did. He did. He was a uh, cavalry officer at the time, and um, after this vision, he he left the army, um, and he dedicated his life to to serving the poor and to to serving the church. And brought his own mother to conversion. Absolutely. Well, uh, I understand that the uh, uh, work that you did, the service you provided, uh, that earned you this award, uh, was actually performed. You're at Fort Leavenworth in Kansas now, but. Uh, this award was for uh, your service at Joint Base Lewis-McChord in Washington. Yes. Tell me about your uh, service there. How long were you at uh, Joint Base Lewis-McChord in Washington, and uh, what was uh, your time like there? So I had two consecutive assignments at JBLM. Um, so I was there for four years, which you know seems like a long time. Um, JBLM is just an incredible community. Uh, it's uh, a very active and dynamic Catholic community. It's got an incredibly um, large religious education program, which is kind of the beating heart of, uh, of the parish. Um, my, my predecessor there uh, just poured his heart and his soul into, into making sure that we had a, a wonderful religious ed program there, and that program affects everything else that the uh, the Catholic community is trying to do. Um, what I did there was, you know, I continued the work of uh, Father Glasgow, um, who built the religious ed program there. Um, I was in the uh, the first course staff um, for the first two years, and um, you know, helped bring. And, and ensure good Catholic support for um, all these units that are going downrange or, or going on uh, uh, training missions. Um, and then, of course, uh, I spent two years as the, the group chaplain over in First Special Forces Group, um, which, you know, again, has uh, is just a very dynamic, very challenging, but very fun unit to be in. Um, uh, we we have the opportunity to do an awful lot over there and uh, and take care of our Catholic soldiers in that unit. So, how long were you at Joint Base Lewis McCord? Total was uh, four years. I see. Um, and so, recently, you must have uh, just recently uh, transferred to uh, Fort Leavenworth. I did. Yeah, in uh, the summer of 2020. And uh, how are things there at Fort Leavenworth in Kansas? Fort Leavenworth is um, it's called the hometown of the Army for a reason. It's, uh, it's just a beautiful place. Um, we have all of our uh, CGSC um, or, or ILE students that are coming here. Um, Fort Leavenworth, is, again, has got a great little Catholic community here. Um, I've never felt as... Uh, 
it feels more like a civilian parish um, and and all the blessings and all the, the graces that come along with uh, that sense of home. Um, hmm. Very interesting. Uh, if those of us who are not uh, familiar with Fort Leavenworth, the, the other association we would make with Leavenworth, Kansas, is the prison, which I'm sure is, what, close by? It is, yeah. It's um, just a few miles from where I'm sitting right now. I see. And um, uh, Father Jason Hessling uh, in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, joining us by telephone for this edition of Catholic Military Life. Before you went out to uh, Fort Lewis McCord in Washington, you were the Army's uh, Catholic chaplain recruiter, correct? I was, yep. And uh, you served in that role for how long? Uh, I did recruiting for about two years. And, you know, we hear a lot that one of the biggest issues confronting the uh, archdiocese right now is the chronic shortage of Catholic chaplains. Uh, we're down to roughly 200. What was your experience, uh, what was your experience uh, recruiting chaplains during the time you served in that role? Sure. So the work of a, a priest recruiter or a chaplain recruiter um, really just involves a lot of uh, uh, reaching out and and telling the the chaplain story. Um, so I would, you know, I felt pretty blessed in in telling my story, uh, letting folks, uh, priests and seminarians and and bishops, kind of know what we do um, and why military chaplains are so essential and so vital for the church. Um, you know, one of the challenges that we have is that uh, all of the chaplains have to be uh, basically loaned or, or given from civilian dioceses. Uh, the Archdiocese for the Military Service doesn't have, you know, a, a huge army of uh, Catholic priests standing at the ready to go into to military service. They don't own any priests on their own. They're, they're loaned from all of our civilian dioceses. And so um, the fact that I'm sitting here at Fort Leavenworth means that my bishop back in Wisconsin uh, gave me permission to come here. So there's a parish in Wisconsin. He's doing less. Uh, he has fewer manning resources because he's um, the bishop in Madison is uh, sending me to take care of uh, soldiers in the Army. Um, and this is true throughout the service. All of our chaplains, Navy, Air Force, Army, absolutely. Uh, are all on loan. Absolutely, yeah. And um, it can seem... So the, the, the challenge with recruiting priests is uh, not just getting the, the, the priest interested and to, to commit to serving in the military. It's also getting um, permission from the bishop. Uh, his home bishop, so that uh, he can receive that permission to to serve in the army, um, or in the navy, or in the air force. Um, and on top of that, uh, the chap prospective chaplain has to be reasonably fit. That's right. Yep, chaplains. You know, we have to be able to go and, and do everything that soldiers or marines or sailors or airmen do. Um, you know, we have to pass all the same PT tests, uh, physical training tests, 
um, and, and have to be able to deploy with them. Um, you know, it makes no, it doesn't do the, the military any good to, to, to bring in a priest that can't actually push forward and to deploy. Um, so, you know, we've got to be able to go where the soldiers are. Um, and and in, in order to do that, yeah, we've got to be fit. We've got to, uh, uh, you know, be able to keep up with, uh, with these 18 and 24-year-old kids. Right. <laughs> um, that are running around the battlefield. <laughs> well, how are you doing at that, Father Hesseling? I'm I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> it helps sometimes, you know. Um, we're we're all in this as a team, uh, and so I have some great mentoring and uh, uh, great encouragement and motivation from um, some of these younger soldiers. Do you mind my asking how old you are? I am 48. Wow. Uh, and there are age groups, and I say, when I say wow, uh, you know, there's a, a, a f- we encourage uh, prospective chaplains to be 42 or younger. The, the, the service has a, a certain age requirement. Is that correct? It is, yes. And uh, I think that uh, they, there's mandatory retirement on the back end as well. That's the, the number I hear often is 62, although the exceptions are made. But generally right. speaking, uh, when you reach the age of 62, you got to get out. Right. The mandatory retirement date is 62. And so, as you said, you know, uh, as a recruiter, I'm looking at priests um, that are 42 years or younger. It's, it's difficult to bring somebody into the Army knowing that they'll never make that 20-year, or they'll never be able to make that 20-year commitment um, and receive a full military uh, retirement. Um, And so that's why the Army cuts it off at the age of 42. But as you said, there's always exceptions. Um, We've been able to bring in uh, and recruit priests that were in their their high 40s or even low 50s. it's just uh, to you need to be able to do the paperwork to get the exception approved. Right. Sounds like you had your work cut out for you as a chaplain recruiter. We did. Absolutely, we did. Well, uh, but it was a good team to be on. Well, and I, I hear that from you, uh, the importance of teamwork. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. So, you know, a team is only... Um, an individual can do an awful lot, um, but but really, the way that the the military works, um, and and the way that really even our church works is we are much stronger as a team. Um, you know, our parish is not simply a collection of individuals. When we go to mass, um, we don't generally say mass alone by ourselves. The priest leads the congregation, and the congregation prays and responds um, as a result of the actions of the priest, and together we worship our Lord. Um, in the military, we do the same thing. Nobody goes off by themselves and, and tries to um, uh, engage the enemy. We, we do this together. Um, most of the time, we do this as a joint force. It's not even the army doing something all by itself. It's the army using um, air force uh, and, and navy 
resources as well so that together we can um, you know achieve whatever mission it is that we're trying to achieve teamwork makes us stronger because um, you know I have great strengths as an individual but I also have uh, vulnerabilities and, and gaps and the other people on my team help fill those vulnerabilities and gaps and they bring their strengths um, to, to the fight as well uh, sounds like the sum is greater than its parts absolutely yep. uh, I'm talking to uh, Father Jason Hessling Father Hessling joining me by telephone from Fort Leavenworth in Kansas uh, Father Hessling just recently received the Order of Martin of Tours Award for his service at a Joint Base Lewis McCord in Washington State. Um, Father Hessling, tell me a little bit about how did you become a priest, and uh, how did we, how did you become a priest chaplain? Um, so I became a priest. I was ordained back in 2000 for the the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I actually entered seminary in high school. Um, I, I guess I'm a lifer um, in that uh, went to seminary for high school, went to seminary for college, and um, you know then major seminary in Chicago. But uh, it simply felt right. When I was in high school, I had no interest in becoming a priest, um, even though I was in a seminary. Um, uh, I was there because it was a it was a good school, and um, you know I liked it there. It had a good community. Uh, but as I saw the priests um, interacting with the students, and as, as you know, we were living in close proximity with the priests up in Madison. Um, you know, they you you get around somebody and you see what they're like um, when they're not doing their day job. Uh, my previous experience. I only saw the priest on Sunday um, at Mass, and that was my only, you know, uh, vision of them. But then I get to see them wearing T-shirts and jeans, walking through the woods, playing basketball, uh, interacting with us as normal people, and I noticed that they had a, a sense of joy and sense of contentment that just, um, as a high school kid trying to figure life out, that seemed... You know, very attractive to me. You know, I've had the same experience myself here working here at the Archdiocese for the military services with Archbishop Brolio and Monsignor John Foster and the other uh, priests who work here. Uh, there is a joy that uh, that comes from uh, commitment to the Lord, and uh, it's it's a remarkable thing to observe. Absolutely, yeah, it is. What was the name of the? Um, um, first seminary that you went to, I guess for high school, right? Yeah, so for high school, I went to Holy Name Seminary in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, it closed uh, a few years after I graduated. Um, uh, simply, you know, just could not be maintained. Um, I then went to uh, St. Pius the Tenth Seminary in uh, Dubuque, Iowa, um, and then Mundelein Seminary in Chicago. So how did you wind up in the military, Father? I had, uh, I had finally attained what I wanted, or what I thought I wanted, as a priest. Um, I had been 
uh, an associate pastor for four years. I became a, the pastor of a wonderful little rural parish um, in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, at about that four-year mark, and uh, I was loving life. And then a whole bunch of my parishioners uh, were in the Army, uh, either the Reserves or the Guard. I didn't know the difference back then, um, and they deployed. And they were gone for uh, a full year, and thankfully, they, they, they all came home. We didn't lose anybody. Um, but as I was uh, sitting in a bar with, um, uh, with one of them, and you know, I was complaining about some minor things in, in the parish, um, I was struggling to, with the parish council to figure out what color to paint the interior of the church. It needed to be painted. And um, I was struggling with that and, and arguing with them. And uh, uh, Martin, you know, slammed his fist on the ground or on the table and um, said said something I can't say on the radio. But um, <laughs> and, and I said, take it that Martin was the person that uh, had deployed and was had come back. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, Martin had deployed and he had come back. He was the LT, kind of leading his uh, his unit. And um, he said, Father, paint the something-something church and then do something important with your life. Um, so, you know, he started talking to me about how he and his, his unit, they had been deployed for uh, 12 months. They do RCP, which is Route Clearance Patrol. So these, these are the guys that go out and they dig up IEDs and, uh, and bombs they're planted in the road. Dangerous work. Where, where were it's they? De- where were they deployed? Iraq or Afghanistan? I think they were deployed to Iraq. I see. Uh-huh. I think they were deployed to Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I didn't really know the difference back then. Um, I do now, of course. But uh, after a year downrange, um, they had only seen a priest four times. So they're going out and they're getting shot at. And they're digging up bombs every single day, and um, and they only had the opportunity to go to confession or to receive communion four times, and that was kind of a uh, uh, a slap in the face for me. You know, I'm I'm sweating and and wringing my hands about what color to paint the church, and um, these guys are uh, are going without. Um, and so that's something that I started to look at, hmm. uh, and and it took me a little while to to convince my uh, my bishop to let me go, um, but uh, uh, eventually the arguments won him over, and um, I entered military service in two thousand and eight. And who was your bishop? That was uh, Bishop uh, Morlino, Robert Morlino. Gotcha. And um, so. Uh, what year was it that uh, you had this conversation with the returning uh, army soldier? It would have. It must have been um, 2006 or 2007. I see, and that's when things were really uh, uh, hot they, over there. They were. Yeah, yeah. that was. Um, uh, you know, things were uh, things were very dangerous. It was uh, right at the beginning of the surge. Right. Um, and. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty dicey. 
talking to Father Jason Hessling, uh, joining us by telephone from Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Father Hessling, the recent recipient of the Order of Martin of Tours Award, uh, which is awarded to chaplains who uh, have demonstrated the highest standards of integrity and moral character in their service. Father Hessling, what is your advice to the young man who might be listening right now and considering a vocation to the priesthood and chaplaincy? For those that are considering a vocation to the priesthood, um, I mean, all I can say is, is, is listen to God and, and trust. Um, when I started thinking about becoming a priest, um, one of the first things that I did was uh, push that, that thought away because um, only holy people get to be a priest. Um, I've made too many mistakes. I've made way too many mistakes. If God knew what he was uh, asking of me, he would ask somebody else. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, God does not call perfect people into ministry. God perfects those that he calls. Um, and, uh, you know, we, you, you look at, at all the heroes um, of Scripture and, and all the people that we venerate as saints, and uh, they recognize that they are simply flawed human beings as well. And uh, we have this great opportunity as priests to bring uh, healing to some of those flaws that we have in our own life. Um, my, my weakness, my brokenness actually makes me a better priest because I can relate to folks better um, and, and I can stand, them, stand before them um, as a fully alive human being just as broken as my people are, uh, suffering just as much as my people are, and um, uh, you know, I, can, I can speak God's grace and God's mercy and God's forgiveness into their lives. How much longer at Fort Leavenworth? You've been there for uh, coming on a year now, right? Right. So uh, generally assignments are about two years. Um, sometimes they're extended to three, so I'll be here another um, another year. Any any idea what after that? No idea. That's uh, that's always a surprise. Well, that's part of being an uh, an army chaplain, right? You got to roll with the flow and go where you're set. That is that's that's actually one of the challenges uh, and one of the big differences between being a civilian priest and being an army chaplain. Um, you know. As a civilian priest, uh, I was fairly well set. Um, I would move to a new parish, and I would stay there for six, eight, twelve years. Um, you know, things just moved at a, at a uh, much more slow pace, and there was always time to uh, invest in the parish, invest in people. You know, um, there was no—I I didn't have that same sense of urgency. When you cut that time frame down to only two years, um, man, you're motivated. <laughs> you, you've got to be, uh, uh, when you get to a new place and, and you want to um, really preach the gospel and, and have an impact in people's lives, you don't have a whole lot of time to do that. So I suppose it's like being a, a pastor on steroids. <laughs> it is. It is. Yep. It's like uh, uh, you know, civilian priesthood is is, is wonderful. It's it's, it's a 
it's like a simmering stew. But uh, <laughs> but in the army, it's just a rolling boil. We're just <laughs> we're constantly moving, constantly pushing forward. I hear you. We've been talking to Father Jason Hessling, a um, chaplain major in the United States Army, talking to us from Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, and the recent recipient of the Order of Martin of Tours Award. Congratulations on that award once again, Father, and thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, Taylor. Thank you very much for having me. Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government's civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org. The Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, serving those who serve.